Well, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We thank God for he is good. He is merciful and he's a great God. Thank him for his goodness and his mercy toward us. Man, that was just blessing my spirit. I was having church all by myself in this office, but I thank God that you are with me and we are coming together again uh, on this uh, Bible study, uh, Zoom call or live stream, uh, stream yard, I guess it is. And we thank God for your presence uh, on tonight. God is so good. Let's see who we got in the room on tonight. Dorothy Jones is with us. Good evening to you, Sister Jones. God bless you. Faith Foster is in the house. God bless you. Sister Foster Shelba Moore is with us again this evening. God bless you. Good to see you. Anita Shaw is watching as well. God bless you, Sister Shaw. Sister Heard is in the house. We thank you, Sister Heard, for your presence. Clara Roberts is with us. Good to see you, Sister Roberts. Doris Alexander, God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Alexander. Loretta Epps is in the house tonight. God bless you, Sister Epps. Good to see you. Mother Sexton. Good to see you. I know y'all holding it down at the courtyard up there. God bless you, Mother. Mother Curry is with us. Good to see you, Mother. God bless you. Our mothers are with us tonight. God bless you. Mary Bell is with us tonight. Good to see you, Sister Bell. Sister Mac, listen, go ahead and share this with your neighbor. Share it with your friends. We want to get everybody that we can in the room on tonight. We're going to have a great discussion, a uh, great study slash discussion tonight. Going to do something a little different tonight. Uh, and so we want you to share this with your neighbors and your friends because it's going to be some great information uh, that we're going to be sharing with you on tonight. Go ahead and push that share button, that like button, and make sure your, your brothers and sisters are in the room. I saw another mother. Mother Minifield was in the house. God bless you. Sister Butler, good to see you, Sister Butler. Sister Luster is with us tonight. God bless you. Polly Williams, amen. God, God bless you. Good to see each of you on tonight. Listen, while you are still are populating the room and coming on in, let me go ahead and Thank you, Kay Chapel, because you did something tremendous uh, on today. We gave over 700 books, over 700 books to students at Walton Elementary School. This is, I think this may be our 11th or 12th year. I'm not sure which one it is now, but we've been doing this for a number of years. And we were able to go over this morning uh, with the new principal over there at Walton and uh, deliver and pass out uh, seven over 700 books. Uh, to students who are going on their vacation, their summer vacations. Each of them got two books from their summer reading list. Thanks to you. Thanks to your generosity. Thanks to you for giving uh, and making sure that we had the, the supplies. See, there, there, yeah, there's one of the pictures. Amen. I'm sure there are going to be others uh, that are coming out in the Jackson Advocate of those students who are receiving those books today. So thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your contributions, making sure that our children, when they go on their summer breaks, that they don't experience a summer slump uh, because they don't have the books to read. We thank God for you. Hey, I see you, Kayla. Thank God. Uh, love the shirt. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Listen, so again, thank you, uh, Kay Chapel. You did a great job. Also, while you're still coming in, I want each of you to make sure, uh, because after two years of not having in-person Vacation Bible School this year, this summer, in just a few weeks, we're going to have our first in-person Vacation Bible School. We need you to get registered today. Get registered today. And this is for preschool all the way up through our senior adults. You can get registered today. Go to the K Chapel app. Uh, if you have the app, you can also go to the Nucleus page uh, or the Facebook page. I'm sure there is information on Facebook. If you're joining us by way of Facebook, make sure that you get registered today. There's going to be something for everyone. And you know 
how we do Vacation Bible School here at K Chapel. We go all out. Amen. There are going to be crafts and games for everybody at every age level. So we want you to be a part of it. Go ahead and get registered today because we need our teachers to be prepared for you as you come uh, with all of the supplies, all the materials and everything else. So get registered today. Those dates are June 6th through June 9th, uh, but you can register right now on the K Chapel app. Amen. 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 Listen, uh, this is, this is tonight. I said we're going to do something special and different tonight. Uh, but one of the, th one of the reasons we're doing this tonight is because we're taking our summer break after, after this session. This is going to be our last Bible study, uh, into our summer break. And so we want to leave you, uh, with some good information. We want to leave you with a challenge, uh, and we want to leave you, uh, with a charge. Uh, so before I get into that, let me say a word of prayer. And uh, we'll get into what, what we have to share with you on tonight. All right, let's pray. Turn to God, our Father, we are grateful and thankful for this time together. We thank you, God, for who you are and all the wonderful and awesome things that you do in our lives. We bless you, O Lord, for this platform, for the ability to come together and share in this way. And for all of those who are gathered uh, here locally and those who are in different states, we thank you, O God, for the ability to connect. Uh, all around the world even. And so, Lord, we pray now your blessings upon this time together. We pray, oh God, that you would direct our thoughts, that you would direct in this conversation. And God, that in it and through it, uh, people may be helped and edified. And as we are helped and edified, that you would be glorified. We pray it now in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ. Amen and amen. Listen, so let me let me frame tonight's conversation. And we have a special guest we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, but let me frame tonight's conversation by uh, giving you some scripture um, and, and um, yeah, kind of building what we're going to talk about tonight. In 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 4, you'll find these words. It says, but he himself, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, arise and eat. He looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid down him again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? You all tonight, I want to, as we, as we, um, as we take our leave for the summer, my challenge and my charge to you is that first of all, you take care of yourself. Take care of yourself spiritually. Take care of yourself physically but take care of yourself emotionally and mentally. 
you may not know it, but May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And in light of Mental Health Awareness Month and in light of this scripture, this scripture is about Elijah, a prophet, who in this fourth verse, he says something that, that really should have caught your ear. He says to God, take me out of here. I've had enough. This is too much. He has come to the end of his rope and he's tired. And some would even say depressed. Because in that last verse I read, Elijah is now in a cave, a dark cave hiding out. And the voice of the Lord comes to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? The thing about this is, this is chapter 19, but in chapter 18, in chapter 18, Elijah is having great success. I mean, he's actually on a on a high. So he goes from a high to a low in just one chapter. Have you ever felt like that? Where you're just kind of on a roller coaster emotionally, you're, you're up here one day, but then you're down here the next. Y'all, what I want to challenge you to do and I've said this in several sermons, and I'll say it again. Sometimes you need a preacher and you need a therapist. You need Jesus and you need a counselor. And there is nothing wrong with both. And so tonight, we want to have a conversation. And I want to bring in our special guest tonight who will help us in this conversation, Dr. David Marion. Dr. Marion is a professional licensed professional counselor of Marion Counseling Services here in the city of Jackson. Dr. Marion, welcome to this platform and welcome to Cade Chapel. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor. Absolutely. He and I, Dr. Marion and I met actually uh, not too long ago. Um, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Senator John Horn, introduced us. And um, he and his wife uh, are, are professional counselors. Uh, they have a professional counseling service here in Jackson, but uh, the breadth of your services go across the state. Um, Dr. Marion, can you tell us something about your, your counseling services and what you provide? And, and then we'll get into some of, some of the questions that I, I want to really talk about tonight. Yes, sir. We um, have been providing uh, mental health services and case management services to individuals and families in the state of Mississippi since... Uh, 1998. Uh, so we're in our 24th year in business providing those services. Uh, individually, I've been providing services 30 years to individuals and families. Uh, in the city of Jackson, where we are, we're the primary provider of those services in the middle and high schools of Jackson. And then we're also in several districts in the Delta providing services to our children on site in the schools to help them not only with individual and family and group and crisis counseling, but also the case management piece connects them with resources that they need, such as lodging and food and et cetera. Wow. So it's a pretty expansive uh, battery of, of, of services that you provide. And, and do I have it right that you're, you're the largest provider for, or you are the, the provider of counseling services for Jackson Public Schools, is that right? We're the exclusive provider for the middle and high schools of the Jackson Public School District. Wow, 
Wow. And when I met you and your wife, um, you know, you all were sharing with me your heart for for what you're doing. And for you, it sounded like it's much more than a business. Oh, it's um, I mean, that's why I'm so thrilled to be on here with you, because we feel like this is our calling. Um, there are a lot of services we provide for free. We just think people need help and there's no sense in getting back and forth about how services will be uh, paid for. My wife is a graduate of Callaway High School. Uh, so, you know, her heart is and soul is in the Jackson Public School District. Uh, I've lived here. I moved here in 1980 um, in 82, my last couple of years of my undergraduate degree. And that's where I met our barber. Uh, uh, at that particular time and let him start cutting my hair. And then we moved back right when Katrina hit. We moved back to Jackson, uh, married. Uh, we've been married since January 1st, 2000. So we've kind of been here since. Wonderful, wonderful. So, uh, Doctor, you, you heard you heard the, the uh, biblical text that I read um, where Elijah, the prophet of God, a man of God, really, you know, expresses verbally this sort of, you know, depressive state where he's ready to check out. He's he's had enough. He has decided, Lord, just take me out of here. And, you know, it used to be said in the black community that uh, suicide and things of feelings of that nature were things that black people didn't do. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't kill ourselves. We didn't we didn't suffer from depression. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think we all know that that's just not true. We, we've seen, we've seen this year even the the, the tragic uh, death of of students uh, in in this area, and so we know that that's not true. But before it gets that far, how how would you say, or when would you say that it's the right time for someone to seek out professional counseling? How does someone know when it's time to go see someone? I would take it a step back a little bit because what I would suggest people do is get what's called an assessment. So you don't necessarily have to look at yourself and make a determination about whether or not you need counseling. You may go to someone like myself and have an assessment done to see if you're in need of counseling. Uh, professionals do that uh, all the time and they'll just do a complete assessment. Um, and, and in that assessment, they'll ask certain questions that will guide them to make a determination of whether counseling would be beneficial to you. And again, we're just talking about counseling because in our practice, we don't believe in medication first. Uh, we see the, um, the, uh, an over, overly medicated society where we take medications to go to sleep. We take medications to wake up. We take medications to stay up. Um, any little pain we have, we're taking something. So we know that we're in an overly medicated society. So our job first is to see if we can help you through what we call talk therapy. And that's simply just by talking to someone who professionally has seen these situations before and will not judge you and will keep what you say in confidence. You know, I, I think what you said, that, that last part, keep it in confidence, that may have been or may is for a lot of African-Americans, one of the obstacles uh, in terms of, of seeking out uh, counseling, professional counseling services is that idea of 
you know, if I go and, and share what's happening in my life and my family and all of that, can I be sure that that it's not going to be out in the streets, that it's not going to be the business uh, that somebody's going to be talking about in, at, at lunch or, or things of that nature? What are some of the other obstacles maybe to uh, African-American communities uh, pursuing and seeking out uh, counseling and, and emotional talk therapy, like you said? What are some of the obstacles that you've seen? I think the one you just shared is a big one that um, what I say won't be kept private, but federal law dictates that we keep uh, that private. There are two exceptions. If you say you're gonna harm yourself or harm someone else, then it becomes our job to protect you and protect others. But federal law prohibits us from just talking freely. Uh, I think the other one is, is feeling judged. A lot of people already have judged themselves harshly for just the possibility of needing to go to someone to talk. Uh, and so when you come to a professional, there's no judgment for, for what you come for. There's no looking at you sideways for, um, for needing help. I think also in our community, we've associated going for counseling as if you're crazy. Um, and, and that can't be any further from the truth. Uh, we all are gonna get overwhelmed in this life. Uh, we all are gonna be thrown curveballs that we couldn't hit or we couldn't catch. And so oftentimes you need someone just to bounce something off of, someone who's seen this situation before. We, we've talked before, um, Reverend Buckley, about this pandemic and the toll it's taken on people emotionally and mentally uh, in terms of isolating from one another, uh, losing loved ones, and you can't fully grieve properly. Uh, all the various things that we've suffered. So we've seen an increase in depression an increase in anxiety, an increase in suicidal thoughts. Uh, we've seen all of that. So I think if, if people can get through that piece and understand there's no stigma of going to get help. There's no shame in going to get help when you need it. The shame is knowing you need help and not going to get it. Wow. Wow. You know, you, you brought up the conversation we had about this pandemic and, and just how, uh, how it has changed us in so many ways, um, the, the grief factor, uh, not being able to grieve, but also, you know, people saying and, and articulating that they just feel different. They don't feel themselves, that this took something from them, whether it was uh, the community uh, life and, and being able to uh, have social relationships that, that suddenly isolation did not allow for. Um, or, or or things like not being able to grieve. What 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 does someone who just doesn't feel like themselves two years ago? What do they do now? What what are, what should they be doing? Well, I think certainly there's some things they can do to as self care. Um, being on um, this Bible study, being in Bible study, is a form of self care. Uh, exercising is a form of of self care. Reading is a form of self-care. Um, watching who you have in your space is a form of self-care. You know, not everybody needs to have a front row seat in your life. And mm. so making a decision about who I let in my space uh, can do that. Um, and then you probably have great confidants. A lot of us have great support systems. We have a, a great 
parent or we have um, a great grandparent or we have a sibling that really is someone we can talk to. We may have our own mate. But oftentimes what I found when, when we started this practice in, in 1998, I wondered, Reverend Buckley, if I would even be in business by 1999, because I said, surely there aren't that many people who need someone just to talk to. And I've, I've always had a waiting list. And so I think that if after you try the things that, that you do to try to make yourself feel better, if you see that doesn't work over an extended period of time and you begin seeing things that you don't like about yourself, you see a lot of poor judgment, you see a depressed mood or an anxious mood, you just begin to see some things that you don't like. Reach out to someone like myself and say, I just like to be assessed. I don't know if anything's wrong, but can I just talk with you to see if there is? And if there isn't, we send you away and say, God bless you and, and keep doing what you're doing. But if there is, then we begin a conversation and set up a relationship where we can talk. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I love I love what you said about talk therapy as opposed to just starting out with, with medication. Because I think oftentimes in our community, we are, you know, we're concerned about that medication piece, you know, that, that everything is going to be about a, a, another pill, another pill. And, mm -hmm. and so to be able to come somewhere where that's not the first thing that we go to, but, but we can, we can have conversation. And if it goes there, it goes there, mm -hmm. but at least, at least we've had conversation and, and we understand that that's, that's part of the therapy. It's not the only piece of that, but in, in terms of, in terms of, prescriptions and medication how 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 does that how does that world work how, how do you how do you determine that yeah one of the things that that we've made certain is that the people who do prescribe medication for us look like us and i think that becomes very important i can't tell you how many uh children and adults come to us and they're evaluated to see if they need medication and they are not given it uh, they are referred for therapy first Let's give that a try. Um, they may be counseled and given other recommendations. And so, but ultimately, if it is decided after, uh, um, after doing talk therapy for a while, that talk therapy isn't getting you where you need to be. And there are going to be cases, Reverend Buckley, where that happens. There is some, a lot of times depression is situational. And what I mean by that is there is some situation, some, some death, some loss, uh, some adjustment, some stressor, some traumatic event. We just talked about the pandemic. By its definition, a pandemic is a traumatic event. So some traumatic event that has caused you to be um, depressed. And so what we do is we, we talk with you through it. But then there are some depressions that I have found in treating folks that everything is going pretty good in their life, but they're suicidal. And there's no explanation for why they are at this place. And when you're in that spot to be responsible uh, in our field, you have to at least get evaluated for medication. So in our business, you're evaluated by people that look like you, where they not have their finger on the trigger to prescribe something. But if they do, they prescribe it and then they ask you to come back and give them feedback in about four weeks. And that feedback is important because they're trying to see if what they prescribed you is working. And two, they're trying to see if there are any unwanted side effects. 
And where people that look like us often fail when they do get their prescription is that they do not come back to give that feedback. Uh, either they feel like they feel better and they don't need to come back, not realizing and stop taking the medication, not realizing the medication was helpful, or there's an unwanted side effect and they just said, forget it all and don't try anything. Yeah. Yeah. So so you, you, you bring up one other thing. And, and folks, there, there are lots of people on who are on uh, Facebook. Some are on YouTube. Uh, I think some may have been having some issues with YouTube. So uh, y'all come on over to Facebook if, if y'all having some issues with YouTube and, and get in on this conversation. We're going to keep talking. If you have questions, go ahead and, and uh, uh, type your questions and uh, we'll, we'll get to them uh, in just a minute as well. While that's going on. Dr. Mary, if someone is already in counseling, right, um, and um, I don't know, it, it may or may not be going as well. How, how do you navigate? Maybe I want to change counselors, or 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 our count our is it just a counselor is as good as any other counselor? How do I navigate that if I'm already in in a relationship, but maybe not feeling like it's going as as good as I'd hope? Well, I think there are some questions that a person needs to ask prior to going to a counselor and selecting one. Do you have experience in what I'm coming to you for? Um, what is your training? Not every counselor is going to be licensed uh, like my, like I am or like my wife, who's a licensed um, a clinical psychologist. So you really want to make certain they have the training and experience to treat you. Um, and I think as a person seeking services, you can ask other questions. Um, I think if I'm going to someone for marital therapy, I'd like to know if you've ever been married. Uh, I'd like to know if you've had success in marriage. Uh, I don't think anything's wrong with that. Uh, I think if you're taking your child to someone, you want to know your experience in treating uh, children and, and youth. Uh, I think depression is the same thing. Substance abuse is a big thing. Some people who come to us for substance abuse want to know what is your experience with this? Because this this addiction is is killing me. And I want to make certain that that I'm in with somebody who's a good fit for me. I've had people ask me, do you believe in God? Because they want to make certain that who's ever helping them through this um, through this issue and this situation that they have is someone who at least is saved and 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 knows God for himself. Mm. Uh, don't want to just get in and, and, and give my mind just to just to anybody. So I got into the field in 1992 because my concern is when people that look like me finally had the courage to come to counseling. Typically, back 30 years ago, who you saw was a white woman. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying for black folks, you may have some difficulty connecting or at least think so in your head. I wanted to erase that barrier for you. So when you had the courage to come in my office, you saw somebody that looked like you. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with my wife. You saw somebody that looked like you. So I think that's big. You want to have a good fit. If you're in a, in a relationship with a counselor and you don't think it's working, tell the counselor that. Have courage and say, hey, this thing doesn't seem to be going the way I thought it was going to go. And, and and in fact, this session needs to be about that. You know what I mean? Before we go anywhere else, because I may decide to do something different. Let's talk to see if we can get to a place where this relationship works, because ultimately we're supposed to be helping the client. Yeah. 
Yeah. And 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 so if a counselor isn't open to that conversation, would you say that might be a, an indication that you need a different counselor? Absolutely. I need to go okay. elsewhere. Absolutely. Gotcha. gotcha. Good deal. Good deal. So so there are a couple of questions coming in. Uh, I saw um, Shirley Harrington asking, with so many churches taking summer breaks, do you have summer program for talk connections across the summer that folk can connect with. And actually, we're going to uh, provide Dr. Marion's uh, contact information uh, at the conclusion of this of this uh, conversation so that because you do have uh, on your website, there's a crisis line that I saw. Yes, is that, a, is, that's yes, a, is that directly to you all or is that a nationwide crisis? That's line directly to us. It's 24 hours, seven days a week. OK, actually, T.A., would you mind go ahead and, and getting that up now? The uh, uh, crisis line, just in case uh, people uh, need that information. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, and so that crisis number, 855-218-0360, that's directly to Marion Counseling Services, correct? That's correct. Perfect, perfect. Good deal, good deal. And um, what about, someone asked the question, um, one of the obstacles to seeking out and pursuing counseling uh, in the African-American community has oftentimes been about costs. Uh, just people feel like they can't afford it. And so you, you don't seek it out. Can you talk to us a little bit about costs related to mental health? So insurance covers most of the cost, if not all of the cost for all counseling sessions. Um, some people may have a deductible that needs to be met we're in an interesting position because as I started this conversation, we're very serious about uh, this work. We feel like we've been blessed doing it. And so we feel obligated to bless others. So if a person comes to us and they're uninsured, we still provide the service. And what mm -hmm. we do is assign a case manager to them to help them get insured because they need to have insurance period, not only for their mental health needs, but for their physical health needs. So people shouldn't hesitate from seeking because if you are if you have insurance, you can get it. If you don't have insurance, you can get it with us. We also have a sliding fee. We make it work for you. Wow. That's amazing. So it really is a ministry. Yes, it, sir. It really is a ministry to you all. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Uh, Rochelle Bingham is saying I'm suspecting my 15 year old grandson has some form of mental issues, a therapist. He has now first visit. He's on meds, which is not working meds. Sometimes not the remedy. Dr. Marion, I will be contacting you or your wife. I asked for help in prayer and God answered my prayer with this topic. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Rochelle. We thank you for sharing that, sharing that with us. Um, and, and I heard you say, Dr. Marion, the, the idea of asking your therapist, um, if they're a person of faith, if faith is important to you, that that's mm -hmm. not off the table to ask. Not at all. Not at all. I went in uh, for back surgery in November uh, 2020, and I was concerned that um, a man who often prays for me that I hadn't called to ask him to pray for me as I went into this surgery. And uh, as we were about to go back, the surgeon said, let's take a moment to pray. And I mm -hmm. said, boy, that's, that's, that's yeah, right. right one. There, boy. That's yes, sir. There. So, yes, sir, I don't think anything's wrong with that. Great, great. Mary Richardson asks, uh, so do they get worse or better in the long in the long run? Oh, I think uh, I think people heal. I think that um, there's a lot of uh, factors that we have no control over. 
I think factors of the, the expertise and quality of the therapist, the expertise and quality of the prescribing physician, um, the environment in which they live in. Um, I can't, um, one of my first jobs was at a place called the Cart House in Starkville, where we would have young men who had substance abuse and behavior issues come there for six months and do well for five months, go home on the weekend and everything set back to day one. Mm. So there's a lot of things that we can't control, but a motivated individual uh, who's willing to be very honest about their situation uh, and come in regularly for that help uh, gets help. Great. And so you you must have to, to provide this this level of service. You must have a lot of counselors in in your in your center. Can you talk to us a little bit about the the length and breadth of of uh, counselors available? Yes, we have um, probably about I would say maybe about eighty to ninety uh, employees who work for us across the state. Um, we're we're uh, certified by the Department of Mental Health to provide uh, mental health services across the state of, of uh, and case management services across the state. Those employees um, work extremely hard. We, we provide what we call next level services. Uh, we wanna be the best at what we do and they're pressed hard uh, to, deliver, to deliver those services on every level. Uh, and so we're in um, locations across the state uh, in the Delta, we're in Clarksdale uh, School District. We're in Leland. We're in um, we're in Holmes County School District. We're in Humphreys, Yazoo. So we're in Quitman County. There's a lot of places where we continue to try to impact children and families uh, just to be helpful. So we have a great, great staff who I'm extremely proud of who answer the call. Uh, we've had to do a lot this year of suicide awareness not only in schools across the district, but also with staff, uh, so we can be in the best uh, place to serve our children uh, when we see signs and symptoms of that. Yeah. Faye Foster asks, uh, she says, there seems to be a lot of young people struggling with mental health issues over the years. What has changed and is it prevalent more in males or females? You know, I think she's right. I think that um, young people have struggles today that 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 I, I never experienced when when I was younger um, uh, going to school in, in Aberdeen, Mississippi at Aberdeen High School. Um, I think kids suffer more. I think um, kids are more aware of things than ever before. I think kids are aware of adult matters more than I was growing up. So if the adults in their home are are stressed, then the kids carry that stress. Uh, with them. I think uh, poverty uh, plays uh, a big role in that. Uh, kids struggle in, in single parent homes. A lot of the kids that we serve, um, unfortunately, there is no father in the home. And research and statistics show that typically where there is an absent father from the home that you have more behavioral issues um, and more um, uh, depression and anxiety. I think uh, children are more traumatized. I think uh, suicide has become, unfortunately, more normalized. I think children now today listen to songs about suicide. There have been television shows that have been all about suicide. And so 
suicide is more commonly talked about today. And so suicidal language is more commonly used by kids today. And so because it's more commonly used, we have to act uh, more in terms of finding out, is this serious? Our job in, our, in the schools we serve, any child that says, I want to die, um, I want to kill myself, uh, I want to kill somebody else, we assess to determine how serious that talk really is uh, and make some determination and conclusion about whether they need help. Because we find some kids are using this language out of frustration, out of anger, out of hurt. And now we're seeing kids express suicidal thoughts in elementary school. So imagine first and second and third grade students talking about they want to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. So kids are more stressed today than I think ever before. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Marion, um, for someone who is in therapy um, and while in therapy, they've had a setback. Um, while in therapy, they've had a, a major, another major life incident that to happen. And that seems to have set back any progress that was being made. Um, currently on medication, but seems like now none of that is having any effect. What, what road should they be taking? What should they be doing right now? So I would think that anytime you're traveling this road of therapy, you're going to run across those kind of obstacles where a person may come in for one thing and while with you, something major happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and, very, and very often that can be death. So they mm -hmm. came to you for um, uh, maybe some adjustment issues, a stressor, something's going on at work. And then uh, they have a parent to die. Right. They have a child to die. And that's, that's really, the, losing a child is, is one of the toughest things that a parent has to deal with because we all have concluded that we will outlive our children and they will bury us. Right. And so when you bury a child, as we've seen in this pandemic, or we've seen children in their lives uh, because they were so overwhelmed, like you talked about with Elijah, that they just don't see a way out. They see death as a, a preferred route. Then you just, you, it's not really a setback. And what I try to tell clients, a setback is not indefinite anyway. Hmm. So, you know, this might've happened. Let's, um, let's regroup and focus on how to uh, deal with this and how to cope. And uh, I'll help you along with this journey. Um, and sometimes that you can be so stressed that you're right. The medication may stop working, but I'm not necessarily interested in probably a change of medication unless the prescriber who will also assess them with this new event that's happened decides to do so. We might can talk our way back to a place that guess what? The medication starts working again. Okay. So it's not necessarily an answer of, of increasing or changing medication. This has happened. All right. How will we handle it? Let's talk about what our approach. You came to me for this. This is happening. What do you want us to do? You want to work on this? And then we get to work. Yeah, good. That's good. That's good. What do you say to the person who honestly is just, just a skeptic about mental health and emotional issues. And to them, because there, there's some people who just say, you know what, we didn't have this growing up. We didn't have these problems. These kids are just, you know, it, you know, it, it, it's not, it's, 
it's just bad kids. It's just, or it's just bad. What do you say to the person who's who hears this and is not really a believer that emotional problems or mental health is really really an issue? It's just it's more of a cop out. Well, I think I would point to the scripture you started with and the various other scriptures in the Bible that show um, extreme sadness and, 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 and people having struggles. Um, I would say to them that, um, you know, we've had this going on for a long time in our community. Um, I'm always impressed by when the slave ships would come over and slaves would decide to jump into the ocean mm. uh, because they'd rather not continue on. Uh, well, guess what? They were they were hopeless. Uh, they were committing suicide, but they felt suicide was better than the life that they felt like they were going to. Um, you know, once you stop hoping, I think it was Martin Luther King who said you die. Uh, mm. And and it's not a physical death. It's a spiritual death. So those bad children that you want to say are just bad, you can whoop them all you want but you will not whoop the depression out of them. You will not whoop the anxiety, the ADHD. You will not whoop a legitimate uh, mental health disorder. You won't whoop that out of them. In fact, what you will probably do is compound the problem because you're disciplining them for a diagnosis that they really need treatment for. And so you can you can talk until you blue in the face. I don't have a problem with parents trying to work through them, work through these issues themselves. Black folks have a long history of being resilient and thinking about all that we've come through and all that we've seen, even recently with what we saw with um, George Floyd being killed on national TV multiple times, being afraid ourselves sometimes of driving uh, in Jackson. So there's all kinds of uh, experiences that we have made it through by God's grace. Um, and so we can think sometimes that we are superhuman, uh, but we are not. And I think the increase in suicide rates in our community is proof of that. And I'd rather someone try counseling to see if it works to prove or disprove this stigma that they have than to not try it at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, Couple, couple of last questions and we're going to wrap it up. Melvin Hodge asks, Dr. Marion, what do you do when you think a kid is self-medicating, smoking drugs or popping pills to try to handle their mental issues? I think you talk very plain to them about that because a lot of people don't appreciate that. Um, that was experience I had with a, a teenager today who, um, when we got to the root of it, there was some issues uh, of depression but that person had turned to marijuana for relief. Um, and I don't think had really realized how that marijuana use had increased. So we see youngsters um, self-medicating um, to not feel, uh, to cope with some of the various pains that they have and hurts and they have in their life. But again, my suggestion to the child, uh, to the teenager I saw today and the parent is the same suggestion I would make to the question that um, uh, Brother Hodge is making, and that is, let's try something else to deal with your pain. Mm. Let's try something else to deal with your hurt. Uh, because use of marijuana is not something you're gonna be able to sustain 
for the rest of your life. Now you've developed an addiction and a habit that's going to cause you to suffer a lot of consequences in your life. Let's try something else other than marijuana uh, and alcohol and pills and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Reverend Harrington, I, I think I'm, I want to get to Reverend Harrington's statement. I think it's the question. She says mental health evaluation service for senior citizens going through memory loss or alternatively alternatively decision making. So I, I'm thinking she said asking it is it appropriate to have a mental health evaluation for seniors who are experiencing mental uh, or experiencing memory loss? Yeah, I I'm think hoping that's the uh, that's the question you're asking Reverend Harrington. Yeah, I don't think anything is is wrong with a mental health evaluation because I think she's her question is if they're suffering with dementia, which is mm -hmm. memory loss, can an evaluation be helpful? But what we would be looking for also is if there are any signs or symptoms of depression, because a lot of times when you get older and you're not who you once were, and you lose a lot of your friends, life can become very sad for you. Mm. So the mental health evaluation would be to determine if there are any depression or anxiety. Uh, it can also probably help identify just how bad those cognitive, cognitive deficits are becoming uh, in trying to help folks. Um, that's, that's one of the most painful uh, diagnoses to see is Alzheimer's or any form of dementia. My father had that for a period about eight or nine years and, uh, and, and, and died in uh, 2019 at the age of 91. But probably since about 83, he didn't even know who I was. He did not recognize me. And so the pain that we go through as a family too, to see our loved ones, these giants uh, uh, lose their memory is a lot for us to take. And so in that, in the spirit of her question, not only would I assess the senior citizen, but I'd also assess the family. Sometimes the caretaker wow. is in a is in a worse place than the person that they bring to us. Wow, wow, that's that's powerful. Wow, thanks for sharing that. Uh, and follow up to that question she's asking: Does your service provide that? I'm assuming yes. Yes, yes, we okay. do. Very good, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest again, uh, Dr. David Marion uh, of Marion Counseling Services, and we thank him for uh, this this time together as we discuss uh, mental health during this month of May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, again, his uh, practice is located here in Jackson. Uh, the address is there on the screen. Also, we want to make sure that you see the crisis number, uh, which is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 855-218-0360. Please write that crisis number down. If you or a loved one uh, is experiencing a crisis moment or needs to talk to someone, uh, that number gets them direct uh, access, direct service, direct response immediately. And so uh, please get that number down, 855-218-0360. Again, that's 855-218-0360. Uh, uh, Dr. David Marion, and you're getting a lot of uh, thumbs up, Dr. Marion. A lot of people uh, apparently already know you. And uh, for those who don't know you, they're, they're thankful that uh, they're getting to know you through this, through this, uh, through this time together. Um, as we get ready to close, Dr. Marion, are there any parting words that you want to share 
Uh, again, this is our last sort of gathering of this uh, Bible study for uh, for the summer. Uh, we'll do some other things. There's some things coming up. I'm not going to announce them right now, but uh, you 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 will see me during the summer. I'll just say it like that. But are there some parting words, things that you want to share with us uh, that can uh, uh, help us uh, during this summer break uh, relative to mental uh, health and emotional wellness? Well, I think uh, a program like this is simply outstanding, the way you, you brought it in um, and talked about the importance of a pastor and a therapist. I think that that's very um, uh, gracious of you to say it that way, because not many will say that. And I think that helps to deal with the stigma attached to uh, mental illness programs uh, like this. Uh, I think take care of yourself. I think... Um, being able to go to someone who won't judge you is big. And lastly, I'll repeat what I said earlier. There's no shame in going to get help. The shame is knowing you need it and not going to get it. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. It is my privilege. I'm, I'm so glad that God has allowed us to uh, to cross paths. And I'm, I'm certain that uh, there's going to be uh, much more that that we will do together in, in in partnership. We'll be talking about some things that are already on the table uh, that uh, that that Marion Counseling Services will will be providing. Uh, I certainly want to make sure also that we get you uh, get you some time with our General Missionary Baptist State Convention. Uh, we'll be having our session uh, in July, and I think that'd be a great uh, opportunity to further this this dialogue, this conversation. Uh, and, and even broaden it. So thank you again, uh, thank Dr. You. Marion, and please uh, say hello to your, your lovely wife for us. I will. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. So listen, Kate, we thank you. Uh, thank you for tonight, and thank you for sharing. We pray that this has been good information for you. We pray also uh, that you will respond to the challenge and the charge for this summer to take care of yourself spiritually, take care of yourself physically, relationally, but to also take care of yourself mentally and emotionally. Uh, if you need the help, listen, make the call, reach out to someone, don't suffer in silence. There's no need to. And you just heard from Dr. Marion, a resource here locally, who, who said that this is a ministry for him. This is one of our own, looks like us, and understands what faith is, is a believer, uh, and who also will work with you. Uh, to get the service and the help that you need. So by all means, uh, let's make sure uh, that we take advantage of that. Listen, also want to remind you, go ahead and get registered for Vacation Bible School. Uh, again, we need all of you registered from our children to our adults. There is something for you this summer, June 3. I'm sorry, was it 3 through 6 or 6 through 9? Which one was it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you for that, uh, TA. Uh, June 6 through 9. And uh, we want to see you here. We know our Vacation Bible School team does it like none other. And so you want to make sure that your children, grandchildren, and you yourself, uh, that you are part of our Vacation Bible School team. Again, we thank you for your presence and prayers on tonight. Thank you again, Kay Chapel, for the marvelous way that you blessed the children of Walton Elementary School this, this morning uh, with your donations, providing 700, over 700 books. Uh, to students there at Walton. We thank you for uh, your contributions to make that possible. Again, we will see you on Sunday. Make sure you come masked up. You don't have to register, uh, but we will have church at, at uh, 11 a.m., 11 a.m. this Sunday. We will see you here. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time together. We bless you for what we've experienced, for what our hearts 
uh, have heard and felt during this time. We pray, oh God, that these seeds that have been planted, that you would allow them to germinate, uh, to produce fruit in our lives. We bless you and we thank you. We pray that you bless the work of our hands, bless the services that Dr. Marion and his team provides uh, so that health and healing would take place all across this state. We thank you and we believe it to be done now in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. God bless you. We will see you Sunday. Go in peace.